during my absence, and, uh, but just because I was gone doesn't mean God leaves, amen? <clears throat> amen. I, I was thinking today as, as you're getting to the scripture there in Galatians 5, <clears throat> we did issue a challenge on October the 1st. Was a Wednesday, the very first Wednesday of this month, and uh, I just wanted to remind everybody of that challenge. If you haven't been praying every day, um, I, I've been asking. I ask you that day, hey, do you have three minutes out of your day that you can give to God? Would you make a pledge that you're going to talk to God every single day for no less than three minutes, and uh, that you're going to read at least three chapters in your Bible every day? Throughout the month of October, Amen. Just reminding everybody, Amen, that we had issued that challenge, and I, I'm I'm curious as to see what things change in your life when you apply these things. If you haven't taken me up on the challenge, we are just over halfway through the month. Guess what? We got the rest of the month to continue on, Amen. <clears throat> Praise God. Well, Galatians chapter five. No idea why my voice is being like it is tonight. Amen. Just bear with me. It was fine a while ago, but here we are. Amen. <clears throat> anyway, Galatians 5, 16 through 26 says, This I say then, <clears throat> walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. <clears throat> For the, lust, the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary. Everybody say they are contrary. The one to the other. So that ye cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, and they are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and the Apostle Paul wanted to make sure that you understood that even if it wasn't in this list and it's like these things, he said, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, I've already told you this before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now let me tell you something. If somebody tries to convince you that you can go out and get drunk and make it to heaven still, my friend, they are sadly mistaken because the scripture tells us very much otherwise. If they think they're going to go fornicate and they're going to commit adultery and they're going to be envious, say, well, those are big things. Well, what about being envious? Anyway, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to break that down tonight. We're, we're not even going to get into that scripture tonight. Amen. I have, I, I have a way to go to get there. I have at least seven uh, lessons prepared in this lesson. Amen. We're going to continue on. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Not a coconut, but it's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Can we do that, Lord? We love you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Jesus, I thank you for the privilege that we have to be in your house. God, I thank you for the opportunity that we've already had to worship you, Lord, from, from the depths of our heart. 
But God, now we're here at the moment that we want to hear from you. Lord, we've come sitting at your table. Lord, we've come hungry tonight. We've come longing to be fed at the table, Lord, of heaven tonight. I pray that you would anoint these lips of clay. Anoint my mind to say only what you want said tonight. Lord, open our hearts and minds today. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. You can be seated. Amen. We're going tonight, and uh, believe it or not, I, I ran in, I, I was able, so do you realize if you drive halfway across the country and then drive halfway, halfway back across the country, back home, well, yeah, you're going to be tired, but that, that's a good idea, but that's not where I was going. You actually get to see people you haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> and so we had, how many of y'all remember the Tolstads? Yeah? We got to eat breakfast with them this morning before we left Indiana and uh, headed home. And that was, that was wonderful. And then I, on the way to North Carolina, we stopped in Nashville. And we, we saw my cousin, W.D., there in Nashville. And they're doing a wonderful work there. God's really blessing them, but we got to talking at dinner that night, and uh, I said, man, I've got a lot of series that I have started that I have not yet finished. I think the last time we started trying to get through the book of Acts, we barely even made it halfway through the chapter in Acts chapter 2. So we did all of Acts 1 and got halfway through Acts 2, so someday we're going to pick that back up and keep on moving, and uh, believe it or not... My, his wife, she said, so she looked at her husband, she said, so you're not the only one that does that. And, uh, and we got to talking about it, and believe it or not, I'm not the only preacher. I know at least two other preachers, my father-in-law being one and my, my cousin being another. Granted, they are related to me. So anyway, <clears throat> it is what it is. Um, but we'll, only, we'll go through this as far as we can. God changes the direction uh, that he needs us to be on. We'll, we'll go that direction, and then when we get a chance, we'll come back and, and pick up where we left off or start over. We'll see what happens. Amen. But tonight we're going to start the first lesson of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Not the fruits. We sing that song in Sunday school. The, the, the fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut or a watermelon, or a lemon, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those wonderful things. And so I think part of what I really want to get out of this is I want you guys, when I say fruit of the Spirit, those words begin to run through your mind. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, meekness, goodness. Why? Because then you begin to think about those things. What does that mean in my life? Do I have these things in my life? Does that make sense today? If we are a part of Christ, if we are one of his children, and Jesus actually used this analogy one time. He, he said, I am the vine, and who's the branch? Huh? He said, you are the branches. You've been grafted in. Anybody know, anybody know what it means to be grafted in to something? I'm, I'm not trying to get, what's that? Kind of something like that. It's, it's a very similar type of deal. But what's beautiful is you begin to take the nutrients from the main vine and it begins to allow you to bear You know, again, don't want to get sidetracked here, but not one of us deserve to be grafted into that, that main vine. But you know what? He loved me so much. Christy is conceived. Um, that he decided that he was going to reach down and he saw 
can you let me use my imagination? He was walking through the woods. And you know, you walk through the woods and you hear crunching stuff underneath your feet, right? And, and you look down and there was a branch that still had leaves on it. You ever done that before? It just got ripped off for some reason or another. And he saw that there may have been value in that thing, even though it had been ripped off of its primary source of growth. And he said, I'm going to take that home, and I'm going to, I got a place for that. And he said, you know, somebody else may have walked by and just said, you know, you're, you're worth nothing, and left it on the ground. And it would, have, it would have done what? It would have died. Eventually, it would have disintegrated and gone back to dust like everything else. But God looked down on this boy. Look, Tuffy, I didn't deserve it. And he said, I, I, I have something in the kingdom for you. And I've got another message brewing that I don't know if I'm going to end up preaching it very soon or if it's just going to be one of the messages that God just works on me and I put it together and it sits in my, in my folder of messages. I don't know. But this message, I'm just going to kind of give you a sneak preview of what it's all about. You ever consider, we were driving down the highway the other night, and we started listening to old choir music that I grew up listening to. This man named Alvin Slaughter came on, started listening to it. And he sings this song, What's That You Have in Your Hand? And I began to think about the song. And he, the verse first starts out by, how many of you guys remember the, 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 the five loaves and the two fish stores? The scripture begins to talk about how that there was well over 5,000 people that day. Said men, at least, not counting women and children, that needed to be fed. They had been there all day listening to Jesus. And the disciples said, hey, it's going to take at least a year's worth of money to buy food for all of this people. And I think it was Andrew found this little boy who had brought lunch. And he said, Lord, here's five loaves and two fish, but what are they in the midst of these? And that little boy took what he had in his hand and he gave it to the Lord. And while he's singing the song, and maybe the song talks about it, I don't know. But when I got to a stopping point, I was driving that night. When we got to a stopping point, I pulled my phone out and I started reading. And I went back to Exodus. I think it's Exodus chapter 5. Exodus chapter 4 talks about how that Moses was on the backside of the mountain, tended to his father-in-law's sheep. And he saw something up on the mountain, the burning bush, right? And, and he sees it, and it catches his attention, Sister Rainey. And he said, I've got to go see what's going on over here. This got my attention. And God told him all the things that he wanted him to do. And, and Moses began to tell God, look, I got a, I got a speech impediment, and I, I stutter, and, 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 and I got problems. And, and even if I do go, who am I going to tell them? sent me to tell them that you're going to free them. And God tells him all the answers to those things. And Moses is still not convinced. And you get to chapter 5, I believe it's 5 or chapter 6, pretty sure it's 5. And Moses, and the Lord said to Moses, what's that in your hand? What the scripture says, he said, what is that in your hand? And he had, does anybody know what he had in his hand? He had a staff in his hand. And God said, throw it on the ground. And God began to talk to him. And my mind began to run. And he began to, I began to think about, man, how many times, Brother Tuffy, do, do we question God? God said, I've got a purpose for your life. You're like, man, how can you use me? I, I, I'm inadequate. I don't, know, I don't know how to reach people. I don't know how to do what you're asking me to do. But, but I, want you to want, I, want, I want you to see what Jesus did and God did throughout the scripture. He would just look at them and say, hey, what do you have in your hand? I'll just take what you have. 
And let's just use that for now. And I'll begin to build on it. And I'll equip you for the things that I've called you to do. Look, there are jails out there that have to be reached. And we're going to sit back and say, hey, I can't do this. Why? Because I'm inadequate. Let me ask you a question. Was God inadequate? God's not. In fact, God looked at a world that was without form and it was void. It was full of nothingness. Can you imagine that with me? An entire world, the entire globe that we are dwelling upon today was completely empty. It was dark. It was void, the Bible says. And God began to speak to the earth. And he began to speak to the heavens. And all of the things that began that we know today and we take as commonplace, all of those things came into being. But God didn't look down upon a thing that was without form and it, and it was void and say, hey, I got no use for that. It's worthless. That's junk. I, I, I mean, that's what we do with stuff, right? But God looked down and he said, no, I, I see something there. And he began to talk to it. And he began to say, let there be. And let there be. And Moses is standing there before God and talking to him at the fiery, at that, at that burning bush. And, and God said, Moses, what do you have in your hand? And Moses said, here, I got a, I got a staff. And God said, all right, I'll use that. I'll use that. And the first miracle he performed was with something that seemed inadequate in his hand. A young boy had five loaves and two fish. Man, there, there is no way in this world five loaves and two fish is going to feed over 5,000 people. But God said, can I have what's in your hand? And he took it. Dude, where, how does this all tie in? It's very simple. Paul said, walk in the spirit. And do you know why you should walk in the spirit? So you don't fulfill the lust of your flesh. You say, Pastor, why are you encouraging, why are you challenging us so often to pray and to read our Bible? Why? Because you need to walk in the Spirit. Why do I need to walk in the Spirit? So that I don't fulfill the lust of my flesh. You know why? Because every day I wake up, Sister Reening, the Spirit that's on the inside of me is fighting against the flesh that I was born with. And the flesh that I was born with is fighting back against the Spirit. And sad to say, many of us, yes, I said many of us, including myself, have allowed the flesh to be fed more than we have been feeding the spiritual side of our lives. How do I know that? Because I'm not praying as much as I should be. How much? How, how do I know that? Because I'm not reading the Word of God like I should be. I'm not faithful to the house of the God like I should be. All of these things tell me I'm not feeding the right thing on the inside. I, I've got to make a difference. I've got to make a difference. I've got to make a change in my life. The first thing that we've got to understand is that Paul says we are to walk in the Spirit according to verse 16. And if we do that, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Did you know that your Bible teaches us that if we don't walk in the Spirit, we cannot please God? Romans chapter 8, verse 5 through 7 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Did it not go? That one didn't register as a scripture. I'm sorry. Romans. Go. It's not working. So uh, you're going to have to look at your Bible. Huh? Yeah, I know. I can see why. 
For they are after they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. Not my words. These are what the Apostle Paul said. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because verse 7 tells me because the carnal mind is enmity, or we could say it this way, the enemy of God. The carnal mind. A mind that doesn't ever think about spiritual things. That's the enemy of God. So let me ask you, what do you think about most? You've never, I'm sorry if I'm blowing your minds, but I just want you to think about what I'm talking about tonight. Does that mean we have to walk around and say, I'm holier than thou and and act like I'm I'm, I'm higher than everybody else? You better not. Because that's a carnal mind just as much as not thinking about things. Because you want people to consider how great you are. When you think about God, you want to elevate God before everybody else. You want everybody else to see God working in your life, not you in your life. Does that make sense to you? I need to be a witness to the goodness of God. But if all I'm worried about, got to be careful, but you just got to understand, if all I'm worried about is my family problems, and if all I'm worried about is making sure I'm happy, now, I'm trying to find the child filter, brother. Nothing. But I want you to consider with me. We've got to do our best to put God first. I know I preached about this the last time I talked and preached here. But we've got to understand that God is number one. And Brother Mendez, you're not going to be able to help a sinner if you're sinning. If you, are, if you are walking in sin and you know you're walking in sin and you're not repenting of that sin, honey, you need to first, what did Jesus say? I know other different people have, have used this uh, different terms. Uh, um, what's in my mind is what Odyssey says. If your neighbor, if your neighbor has a speck in his eye, What did Jesus say you first got to do? Go take the log. (laughs) That's what Odyssey said. Take the log out of your eye. Because what is in your eye may actually be what you're seeing in their eye. And not a problem with them at all. Is that plain enough? I, I hope that makes sense. So first, Brother Tuffy, I've got to make sure that I'm right before I can come and preach and try to help other people get right. Does that make sense? And so it is with with not just the pastor, right? But every child of God has to do the same thing. God's called you to help others. In fact, God gave you the power that you need to help others. That's called the Holy Ghost. But if you're not abiding in the Spirit, you're not walking in the Spirit like the Apostle Paul said. I know I'm, I'm, I'm moving slow tonight. I know I'm not screaming and hollering tonight, but this is what I feel like doing. He said you got to walk in the Spirit so that you're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. And then he gave us a list of things that was a work of the flesh. The work of the flesh. Now, I want you to consider with me, and this is down in my notes later on. Another week. But I want you to consider with me. There's, there's two distinctions here in this, in this chapter. 
of Galatians chapter 5. First off, if you go back to Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 19, this is totally not in my notes tonight, it is later, but I want you to consider with me, the Apostle Paul said that the things we should be doing away with are the works of the flesh. Now, now keep that in mind. They are the works. Now the, everybody say it with me, works. works. All right. You understand, I'm trying to drive a point home. These are works. These are things that you do. Okay? Now can we go down to verse, I think, 20, 22. That's the one. But the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the fruit is something that you don't do. Okay? But it's something that you bear. How else can I say this? It's something that... Something you bear. Look, an apple tree bears apples. It's not working to do that. If, yeah, if you are walking in the spirit, you will bear the fruit. Just naturally, the fruit of his spirit will come. But if you are walking in the flesh, then you are working at appealing to the flesh. It's not a natural thing for us to want to abide in sin all the time if we have been filled with the Holy Ghost. Does that make sense? Now, yes, we were born in sin. Okay? I know those questions would come, right? We are born in sin. In sin did my mother conceive me. That's what, the, that's what the, the psalmist wrote. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes, but those are things that, that we allow to work in our lives. But if we get filled with the Spirit and we begin to walk in the Holy Ghost like he wants for us to do, then we will begin to naturally bear his fruit, which is Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And did you know that there is not a law anywhere in the, in the world against any of this? There's no law that says you, you, you shouldn't be good to people. It's really that simple. I want to bear his fruit. The fruit of... Of the Spirit, the Spirit, the only Spirit that really matters. Amen. So to be carnally minded is to be the enemy of God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. That's what he told the, the church at Rome. But Paul also tells us that the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the Spirit is against the flesh. Galatians 5 and 17, for the desires of the flesh are against. This is in the ESV, um, so you're not going to see it written this way in your Bible if you have the King, the King James Version, but the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other. Now, the psalmist understood what was being said here. And the psalmist said here in Psalm 51 verse 5, he said, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. I, I just quoted this a few moments ago. 
And then I want you to see here in verse 9 through 12 of the same chapter, hide thy face from my sins, he's asking the Lord, and blot out all of mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit. Uh, cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me, but restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Amen. And then if you go to verse 13, you could keep on reading in Psalm 51. And he, was, he, he said after this, he said, because you have restored to me the joy of my salvation, I will begin to bear witness of your goodness. It's just a natural thing that occurs in our life. He understood first that he was born in sin. Secondly, he understood that we are going to have joy and dwell in God's presence. Uh, and, and we are going to have to remove the sins from us in order to abide in joy. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You say, how do I remove sin? It's innate within me. Iniquities, psalmist said in Psalm 65 and 3, he said, iniquities, they prevail against me. As, as for our transgression, thou shalt purge them away. I, I, I realize that this is my nature, but God will purge my sin. If we're all born sinners, then how do we keep from sinning? The Bible itself tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And, and thinking about that same thought, while we were gone, I, I got a phone call from somebody. I'm not going to get too much into it because... The reason I'm saying what I'm about to say is simply to help encourage you, you need to know what you believe. Because this man began to tell me, he, he called me, he said, I just want to have a discussion. I said, sir, you've already been studying my church website. You know what I preach. You know what I teach. I'm at a disadvantage. I don't know where you're coming from. And here you are. He began to ask me questions. And he had pulled out pieces of scripture from here and from there and from different places. Now, I want you to <clears throat> How many of you remember I, I said line up, I've taught when you're interpreting the Bible, you need to do it line upon line. Precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. And how many of you remember that when I do talk about making sure that you're interpreting the Bible properly, that you understand the context of what you are reading? Does that make sense? You've heard me talk about that before. The context or <clears throat> the area within where, where the verse is found, such as, you know, if, if I wanted to take scripture, I, I could literally tell people, you know, according to the scripture, you should go out and commit suicide quickly. Y'all are looking at me like I'm retarded. Because if I wanted to take it out of context, I could. I could, I could just say, hey, I, I like this verse, and I got this verse over here. Now, the Bible says that Judas went out and hanged himself. Okay? Doesn't the Bible say that? And the Bible also said Jesus spoke to Judas. Jesus spoke to Judas. What thou doest, go and do thou quickly. Same person. But 
what Jesus was talking to Judas about, he wasn't telling him to hurry up and go hang yourself. No. Judas had a mission. We all know that Judas was the one who betrayed Jesus. That had to happen. Could Judas have reached a place of repentance and God forgave him for that? Well, yeah, absolutely. So the absurdity of the fact that Jesus would tell Judas to go hang himself quickly, it just doesn't exist in the scripture. He told Judas, whatever it is in your heart, go do what you got to do. Because I know you're the one that's going to betray me. That has to happen. I've got to hang on the cross. It was already foretold. But he did not tell Judas to hurry and go hang himself. This phone call that I got, the very first thing, Brother Mendez, the man stated to me that the Apostle Paul apologized to the church at Corinth for baptizing him. Because he, his, his idea was that baptism is not necessary and not for us today. Okay? I've got to quit messing with that. I haven't either. It's not in the scriptures. But let me tell you where he pulled that from. Paul said, I am glad that I baptized none of you except for a couple. He said, Crispus and Gaius, I baptized those two. Do you know what the context of that, that comment was? He wasn't apologizing that he had baptized Crispus and Gaius. He was simply stating this. The church, Brother Tuffy's mind's going right now. The, the church was, was, was going around and saying, it'd be kind of like, Sister, uh, um, was anybody in here baptized by the bishop? No, you were baptized by Brother Sora, though. I baptized you, right? Pastor Sora, that's right. So Pastor Sora baptized you. I did baptize your kids. But what was happening in that church was, some of them were saying, hey, I'm of Apollos. And others were saying, yeah, I'm, I'm with Paul. But none of them could say that. I'm with Timothy. So Sister Rini could say, I'm with Sora. I'm, I'm, I'm with Sora. I'm of Sora. Sister Christie could do the same thing. Brother, Brother Tuffy, I'm, I'm of Pastor Hilton. Brother, Brother Mendez, who, who baptized you in Jesus' name? Brother Alphen. Brother Alphen. I'm of, I'm of Brother Alphen. And the Apostle Paul said, you can't be of any of those guys. Was Paul crucified for you? So the context in which this scripture was laid out was simply this. The Apostle Paul said, he was reiterating, yes, you need to get baptized. But you are only baptized unto the one who was crucified. Paul wasn't crucified. Apollos didn't get crucified. Brother Sora wasn't crucified. I wasn't crucified. Brother Alvin wasn't crucified. The one to whom we are baptized unto and whom I am of is Jesus. That's why I'm baptized. Then, huh? You're confused? It's really simple. They, they, the church was just saying, hey, I, I'm, they were splitting. They, yeah, I was baptized by Apollos. That's it. But Brother Sora didn't say, in the name of Sora, I baptize you. No. He said, I now baptize you in the name of? You weren't baptized unto the preacher. Those people, you know, they're like, hey, he's a better preacher, so I'm, I'm of him. Paul said, that's nonsense, folks. I'm glad I didn't baptize any of you except for Gaius and Crispus. 
and Crispus and Gaius could have been over in their own corner. I'm with with Paul over here. Paul said, look, this is nonsense, folks. He wasn't apologizing that he baptized them in Jesus' name. And then another passage of Scripture. uh, I I just want you guys to see, if you're not walking in the Spirit, you're not going to be able to pick up some of these things. And if you're not studying the Word of God, you're not going to pick up some of these things. People will come to you and they will try to, to convince you of other things. The man began to tell me, I'm not trying to convince you otherwise. I said, sir, you, you definitely are. Because you started this conversation saying that I was wrong for teaching my people or the people of this church. And he said, your people. So I'm just telling you his words. He said, you are wrong for teaching your people. You say you're the truth church, but you still you teach baptism as necessity. I said, well, absolutely. He goes, he, he said, well, the Apostle Paul didn't teach baptism. And I, I just said, sir, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't understand. We've got to know how to rightly divide the word of God. Even Carlos knows. In Jesus' name, that's how I've got to be baptized. The whole, I'm trying not to get delved into it too much because I'm just like, come on, guys. You've got to understand, I'm not trying to create a following of Brandon Hilton because that following will fall on its face one day. But if I can get you to look unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of your faith, then I know you're going to make it all the way to heaven. It's that simple. The other, the other portion was, he didn't like that we teach baptism. He didn't like that we teach tithing as, as scriptural mandates. All I said was, sir, I'm sorry you feel that way. I know I'm not going to convince you, and you're sure not going to convince me. But let me ask you a question. The reason all of that was in my mind was because I had to ask the Lord, Lord, help me with my attitude. Because I, Brother Tuffy, I'm going to be honest with you. The man was twisting scripture like crazy. And I wanted to defend it so bad. That my attitude could have been so raunchy and I could have just said, dude, you're, you're, you're just no good. But that's not right. Is that how Christ actually what happened with Christ, he told the disciples, he said, if they, yeah, what Christ said was just, just move on. Just move on. And the reason I'm bringing all of this up is because I'm telling you, as we grow in Christ, you're going to encounter people just like that. That I'm trying to help maybe put something in your mind somewhere that you can say, oh, pastor said this is going to happen. And there is no reason, no good reason. Keep that in mind. There is not a good reason reason for you to get caught up in a heavy argument with somebody that is twisting scriptures. It would just say, look, I love you, I'm praying for you, but I'm done with this conversation. They, they, they They will do their best to get you riled up again. That's where works of the flesh versus gift of the spirit come in, into play. Am I, going to, am I going to get upset? Am I going to allow wrath to, to run in here? Now let me tell you something. One thing that happened, Stephen, Stephen was accused. And many of us, maybe I'm just crazy, but Many of us, maybe I'm just the only one like this, but when somebody starts attacking my character, the first thing that hops into my heart and my mind was, 
man, you're wrong, and I got to prove you wrong. But then my mind goes back, and I think about Stephen. Stephen, when they accused him of teaching false doctrine and saying that the temple was going to be tore down, and in three days it was going to be raised back up, they were using the same accusations they used against Jesus. But you know what Stephen did? He stood up among them and he began to preach Jesus to them all the way from back to Moses, all the way to present day. And when he finished preaching the gospel, Stephen wasn't mad at him, but they were mad at him because they just heard truth declared unto them. And then my mind goes back to David. He's dealing with his son Absalom. His son Absalom was trying to destroy his kingdom, and I'm about to close out. So, Reagan, you want to get ready. Absalom was his son. He was a good-looking boy, had long hair. He tried, he, he started meeting people in the gate as they came in. Oh, man, why don't you come? I'll counsel you. I'm more understanding than my father. Right? And so David's character began to be attacked by his own son. Subtly in the gate. And Absalom got together a good following of people. And they decided to meet in a different place. And he even got some of King David's own army men and own advisors to come on to his side. And one of King David's most trusted advisors was going to declare Absalom as king. And David found out about it. You think David went to, he knew where Absalom was. David had the most powerful army in the world at the time. David could have went and taken Absalom out in an instant. But you know what what David did? He went away. He said, Lord, if it's my time to relinquish the throne, that's my time. And then they finally convinced him to come out. And as they're traveling down the road, a man shows up. And he begins to call out profanities and throw rocks at the king. And one of the right-hand men of King David said, let me out of here. Let me take care of him. I'm going to knock him. I'm going I'm to put him out of his misery. He doesn't deserve to live for what he's saying. And David said, no, sir. Maybe the Lord knows that I have need. And I feel the Holy Ghost right now. That I have need of what's going on right now. You say, so God wants me to have people throw rocks at me and and call profanities? No. Sometimes God needs to test your spirit and allow the fire to come upon the house to see what you've been building with. Is it wood, hay, and stubble? Or is it precious stones that your house is built with? Jesus said it this way. He said, you shouldn't fear what men say to you or do to you. He said, but you should fear what your heavenly father says or does to you because its impact in your life is not just on this earth, but it is an eternal impact. That's why we've got to walk in the Spirit, folks. That's why we've got to allow the Holy Ghost to lead us and to guide us. He said, when the Spirit of truth has come, it will lead us and guide us into all truth. Not some, folks. He wants you to know Him intimately. 
but you can't do it playing on the fence. You can't do it just playing patty cake every once in a while. I mean, you're in it or you're not. You've got to make up your mind. Walk in the Spirit so that you do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I want to walk with God tonight. Does anybody else feel that way this evening? I want to walk with God. He's my everything. He's my all in all. Should have known I wasn't going to finish lesson one. Here we are. I want to walk in the spirit. I want to be led by the Holy Ghost. Every single day of my life. You know, Jesus said, if you want to be filled, all you've got to have is a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. The Apostle Paul said in Romans that he struggled a regular on a regular. He was human. Mr. Christie, did you know Paul was just as human as you and me? He got tired. He got sick. He hurt. The Bible even says he suffered financially. And he suffered shipwreck. I think it was three times. We put him on a pedestal. But I wonder... If you, put your, if you put your own imagination into the footsteps of Paul and you became Paul, just reading his writings, I do that sometimes just because I want to know, what were you feeling, Paul? And the apostle Paul said, you know, I mess up. I, I've said the wrong things. In fact, I, I messed up so bad one time. Now, Peter even, let me go there. Peter messed up so bad that he had to be confronted. And he had to be dealt with. Well, he was the apostle Peter. He's the one that Jesus chose to, to, to bring salvation to all of us through the preached word in Acts chapter 2. How can Peter mess up? Well, because he's human, just like you and I. And he was prejudiced, man. And the Apostle Paul and Peter had to come to an agreement saying, hey, Peter, you can't be prejudiced because God has called the Gentiles, not just the Jews. But even in spite of the fact that God used Paul to help Peter realize, I need to reach others. The Apostle Paul wrote this in Romans chapter 7, verse number 24, 23. He said, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And he says, I thank God. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. But with my flesh, sin. I need God to help me. To purge my mind. Why? Because the things that I think of ends up determining what I end up doing. Can we stand tonight? There's hope. There's hope from sin. I don't have to abide in it. And it comes through the power of the Holy Ghost. And the one thing that I, I begin to realize is in two different Gospels, they say almost identical, the same identical thing. And I'm going to close with this. And that is, did you realize 
that Jesus came not just to die for us, but the Bible says he came to seek and to save. To seek and to save. Matthew 18, 11 says, For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. But Luke 19 and 10 says it this way. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. So why, why, are you, why are you really pointing this out? It's just simply this. I think the beauty is in the fact that he didn't just come to save me. But Christy, he came looking for me. He came seeking me out. Tuffy, Morgan, he knew where you would be in 2023. And he said, I've got an individual I need to reach. And I'm going to look for her. I've already paid the price. But I'm seeking for her. He sought for me. He said, I, I need you. He called me. He loved me. And he's got a purpose, Brother Tuffy. bringing full circle as I close here tonight what do you have in your hand that he can use what is it that you got in your hand right now so well it's nothing really pastor I don't have that much talent well that's fine you got something so all, all I have is me that's all he's asking for that's it that's all the Lord's looking for I want to bear his fruit I want to say yes to his call. Can we lift our voices and our hands to the Lord right now and just let him know, God, I love you so much. God, here's what I have in my hands tonight. I want you to use it. Help me, God, to be the vessel. Help me to be. <laughs> Help me to be what you're calling me to be, God. Lord, I don't have much to offer, but here I am. Use me somehow, some way, God, in your kingdom. Because when it's all said and done, Lord, I want to bear your fruit. I want to, God, give glory unto you, Savior. Lord, I'm asking you here tonight, Lord, that everybody under the sound of my voice would be able to simply say, yes, Lord, here I am today. Oh, that we could bear your fruit, oh Lord, and walk in the Spirit, God, that we are not fulfilling the lust of our flesh, but that we, Lord, are walking unto you, Savior. We thank you for your goodness, God. We praise you for your goodness, God. Hallelujah. Can we begin to love the Lord tonight? Oh, thank you for seeking after me, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you came into this world and that you came and died for my sin. Lord, I could at least give you my all tonight. I magnify you, O oh Lord, and I glorify your holy name here today, Jesus. Oh, I magnify you in this place tonight, Lord. <laughs> Glory to your name. Glory to your name, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good to us, God. You're so good to us. Thank you for your mercy and grace tonight. Oh, my spirit says yes to you, Lord. My spirit says yes to you, Lord. If you can use anything today, you can use me. I love you today. I magnify you today. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Well, I love each and every one of you. Amen. This is place I belong, not abroad, and 
I appreciate the times that we get to go away, and I appreciate the fact that y'all y'all didn't say, hey, you got to stay here. We had a good time, but I can tell you this, I was ready to be home. I'm thankful to be home. Amen. Well, this weekend, uh, there is a youth rally in Emporia, and if you'd like to go, you're more than welcome to. I uh, I will likely be there. It's going to be at noon. I think it starts at noon. Look for it real quick. Yeah. So prayer at eleven thirty. Church starts at twelve. There at the church in Emporia, and uh, if you need directions or whatever, I can get you that information. Uh, we're going to have a good time there, I'm sure. Um, we'll be, I'll be coming home. Uh, we'll probably be home. It takes about two hours, right? About two and a half hours. Okay. We're good. It takes less than two hours. Um, but... We'll be back home probably six, seven o'clock that night. That's where I'm looking at, probably depending on how long we stay at the. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it an afterburn or what you call it, the after uh, lock-in or whatever they do. What's that? The after party. There you go. Um, yep, works for me. Um, so I'll be there this weekend. Next weekend, um, so the weekend of the fourth. No, sorry, the weekend of the 28th is when I plan to, Friday night, I'm going to come here the 27th, and I'm going to sand everything, and I'm going to start painting on Saturday morning. So, um, just FYI, the church in Olathe, they're planning to come down and help us do some work on the 11th. Um, I don't know what we'll need done at that point. We'll see. Uh, if we If we get all the painting done Saturday... I will be very surprised. Um, it took me and Dad. Well, if we have more people and we got two sprayers going, that's a different story too. So, um, but we'll have to. I'm, I'm, we're going to repaint this room, um, repaint all of the body in in both rooms is what I'm hoping to do. Paint everything. Um, we'll take all of the lights down. They're just on hooks. Anyway, we'll talk about that later, but. Um, but I want to do it so we can just come through, spray everything very quickly, and then um, maybe start cutting in towards the end of the day. We'll see. Um, we'll have the paint and everything next week. Uh, I'll be spending the evening trying to make sure I get all the, that material. And then um, I'm hoping to either start laying floors on the 4th or they can help us lay floors on the 11th. I need to get with you so we can go get materials for the for the wood for the cabinet. And if they're done by by Thanksgiving, they're done. If they're not, they're not. It is what it is. Um, we'll have we'll set up uh, extra tables for serving and all that stuff. That's the plan. Um, so that's the plan. So starting next week, uh, the twenty seventh that night, I'll be here sanding, getting things prepped probably uh, masking things off, putting uh, plastic around things that don't need to be sprayed, and going from there. Um, what was I? Oh, women's conference. Oh, oh, I won't be doing much of that, that Friday night. Maybe I'll have to do it Thursday night after we finish meeting. But on the 27th is the trunk retreat here in Racine. I need to get registered for that. Um, and then that's also the 26th, 27th, and 28th. If you have not got with Sister Mendez or Brother Mendez, uh, if you're going to the ladies' retreat, um, get with them. They're trying to organize the room and all that stuff, so make sure you guys get that taken care of. But those, the rest of us that are here, my wife's not going. I'm trying to remember why she wasn't going, but she works. 
late Thursday. She works Thursday night into uh, into Friday morning. Getting down there, um, she'll be getting there late. So, anyways, I need to get you on to help me with the trunk and treat. Amen. Brother Rusty Sora is going to be with us on Sunday. Uh, I believe we're going to have good church this weekend. Sunday. Amen. He called me and said, hey, I'm available. I said, all right. Come on and let's have church. So we'll gather here 10 a.m. Sunday morning. We'll have Sunday school and we will have Bible study at 1030. And then we will have church starting, prayer starting 11 service starting 1130 and then the 29th is going to be um, our fam family friendly and fans day <laughs> family and friends day amen God bless y'all we love you you're dismissed in Jesus name